Welcome to the Popcorn Podcast, the very special Popcorn Podcast. I'm joined as always by Grant Balfour and Megan Hi. Citron. Welcome back. Hey, good to see Hi. you. <laughs> always a pleasure. And as if that weren't enough, you know, that is enough. We are joined by a special guest. Today, we are joined by David Goldfarb, fellow class of 88, entering new college. Dave, welcome to the Popcorn Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So I, we know us. We've been on the show a lot. Our listeners might not know you. Can you catch us up just quickly? Your intersection with new college, the new college yeah. experience? Sure. I mean, mine is very, well, it's probably typical in one way, uh, not typical in another. I joined, I think I, I was class of 88. So I came in with like, I can't remember if Christian was in my class, but with a bunch of people. Mike like, Palmer, I think, was in your class. Mike Palmer was in my class. Yeah. Um, that guy. I remember so, I remember so little. Uh, Dan O'Brien, I think, was in my class. Yeah. Like, yeah. Keith Forbes. Keith Forbes was in my class. I don't remember if Christian was. Christian Leonard was. I think Christian was. And a bunch of other people. Dave Winters well, might have been part of that Winters, group, right? Winters was either a year. It was either my year. It was the year before yeah i think julie hansen mm -hmm. yes oh, yeah i remember her thanks and then like i don't know just a whole bunch of people all of whom i believe were you know fairly innocent at the time <laughs> yeah pe people talk people talk about how legendary our class was do they? they do i never <laughs> heard that trying, trying. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> work with me here come on <laughs> I don't remember it. Like, I remember that there was a different set of people, though. Yes. Like, it was definitely a lot of folks that came out of the punk scene or, like, alternatives that were... There, there's just a different vibe, I think. That that was the main thing that I remember. Yeah. Jason like, Bird, just remember? Jason, yeah, it was Jason Bird. There's a guy named Brom Kim, who definitely failed out. Right. Um, I remember uh, yeah. And, like, they're, they're just, like, a bunch, a bunch of people. A lot of people were in the scene at the time. Yeah. And um, I was, I guess I, I wasn't in the scene, but I, I was like that music or whatever. You had like punk rock t-shirts, I think. Yeah. Like I mean, like yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That stuff. And then I don't know. I, I think I, I went to New College for a couple of years and then failed out and never came back. And that yeah. was the yeah, yeah. story. What? And I'll have funny stories about that. But um, yeah. yeah. What year did you leave? What, were, what was your last year? I, I think I unsatted my contract in 91 yeah. because I had I actually like this story because it's instructive. I had plagiarized a Stanley Fish essay. Oh, oh my god. Awesome. Oh my god, you you know full he's circle. Coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh wait, wait, what? What do you mean? Full he's a new college. He's teaching there now. See, he's a great. He's getting a hundred and fifty thousand or something to be a professor for, there. For two classes, yeah. Kidding me. No. As a, pr as and, a presidential uh, scholar, he's not like a real full professor, but it's... That's so funny. I love it. Yeah. But anyway, so like, I had done that, like after being up for, I don't know, 72 hours and being like, I'm never going to set my contract. I had actually been doing really well that semester. It was like a weird one-off thing that I just did. And then I remember when it happened, it was John McDermott who said, I know this isn't you. Uh, and he was actually very kind about it. But I was like, all right. And then I had finished all my other contracts. I think I had sat at them. And so there was a question that's like, should I stay or should I go? And then 
I had been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. This is why it all. Yes. I didn't want to have to come out and ask the question, Dave, because when I think of you, I do think Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) is a new college, but I didn't want to have to bring it up myself. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so I had been playing that like obsessively, like this crazy campaign with winners and a bunch of other people, like for, I don't know how long, for at least a year. Yeah. So it was consuming the vast majority of my time, I would say. Right. And between that, that and like dating random people, right. that was what I was doing. So I wasn't that focused on my academics, I would say. It, it was like a, it was a thing that was not a good decision, but it was a thing that actually wound up defining the rest of what would, you know, what would become my like life and, and how I would approach things later yeah. that, that particular moment of stupidity. There are many, but that was one. Yeah. So I, I think we were playing at all that. Just the one thing I would I wanted to put in there, because when I was thinking about it, you're kind of like a new college Zuckerberg, except it was Dungeons and Dragons powering a career in video games. And I, maybe that's a wrong pitch, but I think it's kind of an interesting angle. I, I'm curious how you would how you would respond to that. How do you feel about goats? Goats? I don't Greatest of all time? Is that what you mean? No, I mean, I mean, Zuckerberg is sort of one of the things he's famous for is he kills his own meat. I think he ah, kills goats. Oh, wow. Butchers goats, That yes. was a deep pull. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't kill any of my own meat. Well, that's, that's probably good, I guess. I guess you're not a steel worker. We're going deep yeah. cuts. That's a big black going back to the yep. old, old days. So I don't know. I where, where, what was the question? Well, I mean, because there, there is the narrative that like people sometimes fail out of school, and by virtue of failing out of school, they realize they didn't need school to begin with, and the thing that uh, they failed out into turns into their career. And it does seem like there are elements of that to your story. Apologies yeah, for the I, Zuck analogy, you know. Okay, I'm, that's fine. Yeah, yeah we, we don't have a lot in common, but I, I think the failing out my road was much longer to figure shit out because I failed out of school and then. I still had like these, like whatever random relationships I was cleaning up in Florida for a couple of years. So I kind of hung, hung around, I think for like a year and a half, trying to figure out like what my life was going to look like. I knew mm. I needed to go back to school and I knew that I, I wasn't going to do that shit again. Right. Um, so, but the campaign, I guess, was probably the Dungeons and Dragons was still going on through that. That's period, what right? I was wondering is how you yeah. ended that, because it sounds like it was such an intense part of your life. It was. I think, you know, we had played characters from, I don't know if anybody here plays. I think Grant probably does. Yep. Or did. My uh, son does. I, oh, I, did, I, still... I did, but not as seriously as y'all did. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a campaign where we like took the characters to, I don't know, like level mm, 11. But there was another campaign that preceded that where they were like, you know, they were like level 17. Mm. That was the big one, I think. Uh, and... From but, uh, level one, you went all the way up. From level one, yeah. yeah. So I mean, okay. there was like that was like a big deal. And, it's a long uh, time. It was it was a long time, and like at the end, I think we all kind of we just ran out of juice. Like one of the people, this guy Drew, I don't know if Drew. You remember. Yeah, I was just about to ask. I think he's dead. Oh, uh, that's oh. true. Yeah, Keith. I, I mentioned before, you know, Keith Forbes passed away recently as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was definitely a weird, dark, obsessive component to the way that we were playing that game i don't know why i think we, we it was just the kind of people that happened to be there you could ask chris about it probably if he turns up also. yeah yeah chris leonard was invited we'll try to track him down too because it is almost like a separate this separate strand is more like the history of your campaigns you know which is kind of yeah. 
interesting yeah. in its own element. You know, like even if you get yeah. a few of y'all together talking about your characters, because I, I was rooming with Chris when he gets started to get into it. And then I stayed friends with him because I think his uh, Ber Bernard, I think, was his character. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. like I knew you remember his, his character. Like, yeah. well, I mean, that was a big part of his life. And I'm sure it was true uh, of all of you. But in some ways, it was ahead of the game in terms of thinking about games and gaming, because yeah. that was something about Dungeons and Dragons. And, and I mentioned to you, Dave, too, like we played a baseball simulation on your computer, oh, yeah. Pursuit yep. of Pennant, which was years ahead in yep. terms of the simulation, because you were using real players. It was basically like, it was kind of like fantasy baseball before fantasy baseball. It was all a simulation, but yep. you were kind of keyed in on some of that stuff from from 18, I guess, from like the time when, you you know, you're showing up to campus, you kind of had a head for games and maybe we're a little bit ahead on that. Uh, just to catch our listeners up, they may not know career wise, you know, can you catch us up your story there? Sure. I guess I started working in, when did I start working in games? Jesus. I started in QA at Acclaim Entertainment, the people to make Mortal Kombat and Turret Dinosaur Hunter and stuff mm -hmm. back in Finish him. 97? 96? Yeah. Maybe I did that for a while, and then maybe I should go in reverse. I've been in games, making games for, I don't know, over 25 years now. Um, yeah. You know, it's on uh, as lead designer and director for a number of Battlefield games, and I, I was game director on this Payday 2, which is a, like a heist simulator. At some point, I like found a studio here in Stockholm called The Outsiders, and we released this rhythm shooter game called metal hellsinger which did okay and that's kind of that's where where i'm at I, now i love that category of rhythm shooter sorry that's just yeah. great great terminology it's very weird um, kind of like a little blend of rhythm guitar and first person it, shooter it's like if you mixed rock band and doom nice kind of interesting um, so i would say so and i got to work with a lot of like my favorite artists like randy from lamb of god and write lyrics for them and stuff like that i haven't had a chance to pitch you on the rhythm shooter for new college oh that's gonna be interesting yeah. what would Palm court massacre yeah there's a zombie scene that's there right now yeah. you know like yeah. there's there's also like the boss levels might be fun depending on how it were depicted it's all hypothetical in my world, Dave, but I'm just thinking I, I could I imagine. I was this just thinking happening. about what the, what the soundtrack would be, and mm. I was just thinking, what songs did I hear the most? Yeah, Talking uh, Heads, probably. Yeah, that's right. It was Talking Heads, but then there was like there are a couple other bands that I never knew the names of, but I would hear them like 24 seven. Or the ju I mean, our jukebox when we had it going in the oh yeah the pub like was pretty because uh, that's like Jimmy Reed. Yeah, we recreated the uh, jukebox at some do. point as a playlist. Yeah. Didn't we? Oh, really? Mud yeah, honey. Yeah. Yeah. There was that uh, Andy Warhol, David Bowie song. Yeah. I think Super Chunk was in there too. It was good stuff. Super Chunk is like a little bit later than my Yeah, mom. I remember Husker Du's uh, um, Mary Tyler Moore. Thing. Makes no sense at all. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Makes no sense at all, flip side. Yeah. Well, also for me, I still to this day believe that Mike Post's the theme to the Rockford Files is the best music <laughs> to shoot to. Like you could absolutely, you could run the table within, the, I think it's just a little over two and a half, 237. I think if you're really on top of your game there. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's my summary. So what are your thoughts about New College? You must be a little, even in the way you were describing it there, it's a little like, 
you know, we all talk about pros and cons and, you know, those of us who finished, I think there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance around like, all right, I got a degree from that place. I want to keep it real about my experience there because I want to be positive because I want to make sure my degree is still worth something. But even, you know, in your case, it does sound like it was pretty central to your narrative, but also not finishing there. How do you think about it now? And then I'd love to get into a little bit how you think about the, the current situation there. It's weird. I think that for me, and I can't speak for anybody else, there were a lot of good things about New College that were probably unrelated to the way that the school was structured. So most of the good things about the school were like running into people that had similar interests or being forced to confront your own insufficiencies in, in, in some way, in a way that maybe you hadn't had to before. Yeah. And like mm -hmm. that, that, my example of that is the, you know, oh, okay, so you couldn't do the work, so you fucked up and got yourself kicked out. But that was like a really important, yeah. that failure would be, like I would have a series of failures that were really instrumental and in kind of showing me like, all right, so you were faking who you were. That's not a lesson that you want to continue, right? Right. And uh, I remember answering myself like, no, fuck that. I'm going to just, I'll do what I'm going to do. You know, like you can, I, I knew what I was capable of. I also knew that it didn't make sense. A lot of what I wanted to do, I didn't know at the time. I just knew what I didn't want to do yeah. or what I didn't want to be. And I think new college, there was no like curriculum for the stuff I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know I wanted to make games. I knew I loved it. And I didn't even know that was a possibility. Right. So like, I knew I liked words. I liked books. There are people who like books. And there were teachers who liked books and poetry and, you know, and students who did also. So there was like, there were things that I found very compelling in that way, I guess, when I was there. And I think New College was pretty good at providing like a certain intensity of education that you really couldn't get. I remember going to other schools and thinking it wasn't exactly like that. I got other stuff, but I didn't get that particular experience. Mm. That was good. However, I think I need structure. That was what I concluded yeah. at the end of all of this. And I like, not just because I'm, you know, likely on the spectrum and likely ADHD. I haven't mm. been tested, but this is just anecdotal from various yeah. people. I know um, the feelings. <laughs> yeah, right. So like knowing what I know now, going into an unstructured environment with very little self-discipline is a formula for disaster. We all witnessed various catastrophes over the course of our career, uh, of, yeah. our, of our time there. Yeah. There were no safety nets. I remember saying, saying this to someone before at all. Right. For anybody. Yeah. And some of us, like, I feel like there is a certain resilience that you have to have in order to like make it through. I, I was lucky enough to have it. Uh, yeah. Or right. I don't think a lot of people did. Right. And that's yeah. knock on them. Hmm. Um, it's just like I wanted whatever I wanted enough to find a way. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah. I don't think there were any like New College didn't give a fuck if you left. Right. They were like, yeah. yeah. Like, good luck, man. Yeah. T take it easy. You know, maybe if I had graduated, they would have cared, but I didn't even have that set. No, no, they didn't care. <laughs> it was a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a Hunger Games, you know, Paris Island yeah. kind of vibe where it's like, yeah. if you have the right stuff, you'll make it through. And if you don't, you're showing us all that you didn't have the right stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's, so there's two elements that I definitely wanted to pick up 
in terms of what you're putting out there, Dave. And by the way, thank you for sharing as open and honest about like your takes. Cause I, mm -hmm. I don't think we've really had people bring that. Cause one piece of feedback I got was that, you know, shout out to Professor Bergren and Lynn Buchanan's episode. Bergen was like a force at New College and he's a force yeah. in this episode. But speaking of which, one piece of feedback I got was that between the Apollonian and the Dionysian, right. we've been leaning into Apollonia, yeah. the Apollonian side <laughs> of our conversation. I got about you New covered College. on the other side, man. I got but, you. But I mean, just recognizing that feedback. And then similarly, like we've talked mostly to people who finished at New College. So I think those two elements, because I think they're deeply connected, it was a place where you were almost encouraged to explore the Dionysian to your own peril. Yeah. And then also, if you could thread that needle where, you know, it's enough of a dalliance with danger and unstructure and, you know, drugs, rock and roll, Dungeons and Dragons, like whatever, whatever it was, like that yeah. was there for you. And that was a tension. That was a risk. And that was really kind of baked in the idea that, you know, in the final analysis, you're responsible for your own education. It's almost like you need the peril. You need the danger to make finishing make more sense. So I just wanted to shout out to our listeners who are giving us that type of feedback because that really helped. Made me mm -hmm. want to ask this question or sort of put this out there to the group. But I feel like you're really opening up a different dimension. And truth be told, I feel like we've been a little careful about it because there's been such a mischaracterization and such a negative yeah. framing of new college that you don't want to go too risky, too out there too soon. Yeah. But at the same time, it is very much part of the story of, it is. of, of new college. It is. I think, um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm done. I'm, I'm a host. I talk too much, but this was something <laughs> I was prepared to bring to the table. Cause I thought, I thought you could probably respond to that. I also would love to hear, you know, Megan Grant on that too. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, higher education is not for everybody at all. And especially the academic route and the the idea that, you know, I, I went on and did a second degree that was highly structured. And in some ways I really, I feel like I learned a lot more in some ways because I was forced to do so many things I didn't uh, want to do. Yeah. I didn't have the choice and I was just kind of like hammered. It was hammered in to me. Um, but, you know, that's not for everyone. And I think, um, you know, New College itself was structured to be a very particular place. So I, I'm I'm kind of noticing, you know, with all the people that we've talked to, that there is a certain type of person. And, and it seems like we all have some kind of creative bent that isn't normal, mm. <laughs> you know, or isn't isn't your typical um, academic, like, you know. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting to see how that comes out. And everyone, everyone's a little bit creative artistic in some way that's not art school type right. you know person and that, and, and that and that's interesting i think also in that how much of that is because the admissions team there was recruiting a profile and how much mm. of that is because the culture it definitely seemed like the culture brought that out of you if you didn't have it already but it also might be that they were looking for because you go back to the, the charter class it was almost literally like the right stuff like if they were trying to find like yeah. top of the line. And then by the time we came yeah. in, there'd been- That so wasn't us. They were at the top of the line. But they, they were, were looking like, for a niche. So, cause, cause, you know, yeah. Dave, you and I are both from Long Island that year. Yeah. So like, you know, for me, I remember even just getting into other colleges from Long Island was hard just cause there were so many good applicants with similar profiles. Yeah. So I feel like there was a concerted effort to say like, let's, let's go fishing a little further, you know, Megan, you're like Missouri, you know what I mean? So there was a little bit of like, who might not fit the mold, but still had some 
special stuff of some kind, can we grab them and get them convinced to come down there? And that's also where affordability, I think, was very much mm. part of what reeled us in is that, you know, some intensity was the other word you brought up that that struck a chord with me, too, where it was a more intense environment than what I, I think even it is. To, well, now today, clearly, it's a lot more intense, but like what higher ed really has become where I think the idea, at least the academic side, is not supposed to have this, you know, smithy of the soul kind of yeah. component to it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's funny because, um, oh, sorry, Grant, you should, I would like to hear your, I don't have too much to add to that. I, I mean, I do think the school being quote unquote experimental tends to attract a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. I think it probably continues to do that. I'm not 100% sure, but I think just being a weird school where you have to plan out a contract and you get narrative evaluations is going to like attract so somebody like my daughter was not going to go there. You know, she's not that kind of person. My son was like, eh, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely extremophiles maybe. Mm. Yeah. Definitely get that's... attracted there. Yeah. That sounds right. Although I think some people wound up there and then learned more about the, like for me, I I went in part because I had a scholarship, you know? So like I knew I was yeah. getting a free ride. So, and it was Florida and I needed to just get away from Long Island for a lot of reasons. So like, and it felt counter, like I was just tired of the, just the competitive grind of yeah. a good public high school on Long Island, where I was like, this could lead into a competitive grind in higher ed. That is not really who I am. So that's where new college as a free ride. And then I learned more as I decided to go there that it was in fact something that I was going to like, but I think some people might've been reeled in, in other ways. And then were confronted with some of the uh, experimental stuff in a, I think it's a different, there's different profiles out there, I guess, is what I would say. Yeah, there, there is this thread that I've noticed in doing this podcast where there's a bunch of Catholic school kids have wound up yeah. at New College. I went to Cardinal Newman and and uh, I don't know, uh, Gwendolyn Bright was yeah. Catholic school, I think, and as mm. well as the other person who's on with her. Yeah, Krista Matron, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I went to Catholic school, but I'm half Jewish, so I don't know if I count. Yeah. That must have been okay. But the, yeah, that, I was just, going to Catholic school as a half Jewish person is that's an experience. It was, Dave, what were some I, of your I, professors that you worked with? Who did, were there anybody, any classes that you remember fondly or I don't know? Uh, I, I had Bob Knox. Bob was good. I felt like he, he really did care about stuff. Mm -hmm. Mac Muller was great. I liked all my classes with Mac. I did a lot of poetry classes with Mac. Mac's Hello. still super active uh, on Facebook. Yeah, I saw him. he friended me. I'm like, "You're alive." That was the first thing, and then, uh, <laughs> and that made me happy that he was still around uh, and still pretty vital. It seems like, yeah, very much so. Um, and uh, who else? Um, I love John Moore. Mm. Uh, he was really like, I think he was really just a special dude. Yeah, um, yeah. I just really liked. Like, who has he's passed right? Like a little yeah. while yes. back. Yeah. yeah. Who else do I have? Um, the interesting thing is, I don't remember having any female teachers. Mm. Mm. And 
not in, li- in literature there weren't any were there no I, no you're right I, I never noticed i never even thought yeah. about and that then, yeah when but i what, went to, the, wait samino came in she was lit wasn't she yeah but i think she came in i'm not sure she stuck around yeah um so there there were a bunch of things that i on and like in retrospect i see like mm, i'm not sure you know the faculty yeah. was very white male like in literature like mm-hmm. all that kind of yeah stuff. Yeah, the student um, student body was really white too. Is another body was super white, like just coming from Long Island. I was like, where? Who, yeah, fucking white people. Well, coming like, from South Florida, it's the same thing. Yeah, like what's yeah. happening? Yeah, um, yeah, right. So, and then when I went, I went to Stony SUNY Stony Brook and finally graduated at SUNY Buffalo. Huh. And I had I had like some of the best teachers of my life were actually at both of those. Yeah. Like I had, I would say I had better professors actually at, at the, um, not to say that the others were good, but right. my relationship had changed. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I was really good at school because I had failed uh, yeah. when I I was like, well, fuck that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the other, this other thing. Like that's when my own self-discipline kicked in. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I remember that, that all that changed as a result, but I do remember thinking like, Huh. I wonder why I'm doing better now. Is it because I failed? And like, because, because I don't think it was the, the professors that were the problem. I was the problem. Right. Um, yeah. But I remember thinking like, oh, there's like women professors. There's professors of color. There's, you know, like that kind right. of thing. Maybe the social context too had something to do with it because the social context at New College was so incredibly intense and oh, so crazy. Yeah. All encompassing and. But yeah, I I don't know. I I think uh, I liked a lot of those classes. I don't remember any of them though. <laughs> Not really. So a lot of creative writing though, Dave. Like it, it seems like you were leaning into the writing component of what you were doing at New College, and between that and maybe some of the narrative elements of gaming. Yeah. And- yeah, I think I I was. I mean, it was writing. I had been writing a lot, I guess, but I didn't. I think I switched over to poetry for a while after taking some classes and feeling mm-hmm. like that helped me more emotionally than writing fiction, mm-hmm. which at the time made sense because I had all these feelings that I didn't know what to do with yeah. um, that were like, you know, things that were romantic or things that were just like, they were too diffuse in prose at the time. So like I wound up doing a bunch of that stuff. And so I took these poetry classes and I was just writing lots and lots of poetry and I was doing that. And I think I met Taylor Brady. Right. Uh, right. And Taylor was a poet. And then later I met Nathan Walker, who's a, a superb poet. Um, uh, and there were some good people like Kevin Nessel. There were a lot of people that could could write. Oh, yeah. um, Oren Volkman was there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's, she's made a career out of it, right? Yeah, I think so. So there yeah, were- She's I mean, got there, there, stuff published. Yeah, there were some good people. Um, and uh but like something i never still didn't think that the games were a thing i just knew that i loved them just like i love baseball yeah Uh, Mm. and um so i did a bunch of poetry stuff for a long time actually uh and i published a bunch of poetry and it got to the point where i was like publishing in national journals and then i realized that i didn't feel uh what's the word um authentic is that the word yeah i just yeah i don't know i just felt like is this is this it is this what i want to do like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm just gonna monetize how i feel about shit 
Like, what's mm. the point? Yeah. And and then my options were, oh, I become an academic monetizing how I feel about shit, or I do something that doesn't make me feel as bad. Because that was the other thing. Poetry mm. just never, writing poetry wasn't saving me. Mm. So uh, I was like, it would be good to do something that I actually just loved to do and didn't destroy me when I did it. And mm. that's when I uh, had this thought, which I didn't come around to for a while, which was, um, hey, what if I could, what if I could make games? Like, is that possible? Is that a yeah. thing? Is and that a job? <laughs> is that a job? And I, yeah, and I didn't know. And somehow, at some point, my mother, of all people, was looking through the job ads when I was working at, I don't know where I was. I think I was working at like a bookstore or something, not even a bookstore, like a shoe store at LIU. Wow. And I was just like <laughs> smoking dope every evening, listening to dudes drop malt liquor bottles on the sidewalk. Occasionally there'd be gunfire. I think I was in Brownsville at the time. Ooh. Uh, and then this is like nineties or early nineties. Yeah. This yeah. Is 90s. yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was, my girlfriend lived in Coney Island, so I was taking like the... Wow, <laughs> this is where I'm at. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm not in the are you? those places, but I'm, uh, uh, I I know both those places are also in Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was, it was, I had like a kind of crazy, weird, rough life for a while where I was just taking like midnight trains, the, the, the D or the B. I didn't realize you had a successful sort of poetry chapter or two in the middle there and then it's about successful but it was it was successful enough like i could have yeah. kept doing that um, right right and then you made the pivot so the, you still threw out there you were also gaming and kind yeah of... i was i was playing playing stuff i was writing little um reviews for, for people mm -hmm. like for small magazines like happy puppy and stuff like that uh -huh. um and uh, then I, I got that job at, at Acclaim when my mom found that. Um, just a QA. I don't know if you know anything about QA, but it's basically play the game. Quality assurance. Yes. Quality assurance, yeah. So you're, you're playing the game and you're, you know, writing up bugs and you're doing various things of that, that sort. That's very uh, funny that your mom got you that job. It is. <laughs> it's the funniest. She found it in the newspaper. She's like, you should go apply. This sounds for good for you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds good for you. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I wore, it's really funny because I, I never wear suits ever. Like I refused. The one time in my life I wore a suit was the job that it made the least sense to do so. <laughs> Like I walked in there and Dale, who's who was the QA manager, is still my friend at the time. He was like, bro, what the fuck? Like later he told me he said, Nobody's ever seen anybody come in. Like, yeah, but when your mom recommends you, you gotta come correct. And Dale Dale thought to himself, this kid's management material. <laughs> That's what he thought. He'll be running a studio one day. That's what he thought. It was so funny. And the equally funny thing was it was very clear to them um apparently although i didn't know they were like he is either going to leave in like a week or he's going to like move into production or something like that yeah. and i was like i don't know what i'm doing and then I, the whole thing was ridiculous i had like this girlfriend who was a tax lawyer so they were super confused they were like dude what why are you working because qa was like low yeah respected qa yeah. right why do you have a girlfriend who makes like a stupid amount of money a year they were just like every i was just such a conundrum to to them so although in like, her defense you were probably a pretty good trophy boyfriend at the time you know 
I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're I probably interesting. You're interesting at a cocktail party, I imagine. That was you know? that kind of that was the yeah. only reason that it yeah. made. That's a big one. I don't know. It was just a weird time in my life. But anyway, that was how it it began. It was working in yeah. QA. And that was like 90s, right? That was like late 90s ish. That was like 90s, six or seven. Got it. And then I did that for like a year and then I quit. I quit to go work for this place in New York called RGA Interactive, who had done like, they had an interactive division, but they had also done all the titles and credits for stuff like Superman and uh, Seven. Like, if you remember the the like opening yeah. sequence, their courses, like, they, they had done that stuff and they had an interactive division. So I went there presumably to be uh, like a producer or production coordinator type of person. And mm -hmm. I did that for like a week. And the guy who was my boss was like, you're terrible at this. And I'm like, you're right. I'm terrible at this. And uh, this other guy, Frank Lance, who was the creative director at the time, he, he said, you should be, make, you should be doing game design. Not that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just like sometimes you meet people in your life that just they know what you're supposed to do before you know what you're supposed to do. Mm. Um, yeah. And he was like, you should be doing that. And I said, okay. Uh, and then I became kind of a game and interaction designer there, and I was good at that. And um, and he, um, I mean, he kind of gave me the opportunity to, to do so. And then ultimately, like, I went up to the evening and doing interaction design, and then I wound up, you know, leaving that industry, the web 2.0 or 1.0 industry, right. to actually move away to start to make proper games later. And I went to Italy, and I'd started there, and then I went to Holland, and I continued there, and then I moved to Sweden, and that was that. So, yeah. But that's probably how, that's pretty much my short version of all that. Some, it's, a, it's amazing. And you are someone we talk about as like a new college tribe success story you know so that is it's interesting but how... i didn't graduate so i still i mean i guess i was uh, you count well and you did I graduate count. like that was an interesting uh you know the fact that you did come back to uh the suny system which is also an interesting counterpoint to new college and it's almost still a great higher ed experience in a lot of ways yeah. but more about big and yeah. uh you know scale of access and a much bigger student body and then finishing up that and then staying on because the, the interesting thing to me is despite the fact you had a lot of getting back to megan's point a lot of like poetic sensibility all over new college graduating as a poet or like actually pursuing a more formal credentialing as a writer i think a lot of people wound up in other tracks just because it was so unstructured it was really hard mm. to kind of find your way but it does yeah. seem like you know, maybe just understanding structure and getting back to that Dionysian versus Apollonian tension, which I do think is pretty central. What are your thoughts on that? Like, did you, you know, is it the sequencing that maybe got you to where you were? Like you needed to fail first so that you could succeed later, you know, like also because folks might be younger, students might be listening to this at New College too. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything more like lessons learned or reflection type stuff you could share with folks, love to hear any of that. That's an interesting question. I I wonder. Um, part of me thinks that if I had not failed and I had graduated with my contracts um, intact, that I would have learned all the wrong lessons. I kind of 
this is not to say that failing was necessary for me to succeed in this case, I guess. But um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what path I would have taken had I not kind of also, I think the context of like being at new college is also, it's not just me that was fucking up. They were I, like, you know, it was just like, it was like, um, yeah. Uh, Vietnam in, in yeah. that yeah. there were just, there was collateral damage everywhere. Yeah. And, um, you couldn't avoid it. You, you always heard about people failing out right. um, or, or worse. Um, and I, th I think that kind of, it must've appealed to me somehow. Yeah. Uh, but then the mixture of those things, like, I, I don't know if the question is, what should I avoid maybe? Or like, what would be, how did I make it through? Is that the question? And the <laughs> question should... is whatever you want to answer. It does seem that, you know, our generation in particular, when we left college, we went right into the advent of the internet. And a lot of us yeah. got pulled into that world and recruited into that world, uh, you know, the digital world in some way, um, just because the older people had no idea what to do with it. And they were terrified of it. And I know that happened to me and I'm sure it happened to a lot of other people. Yeah. And obviously Dave went, beyond you know any of us in that in that direction um but i think that there was that it kind of makes me wonder if something like that is happening to happening to recent grads now because it feels like the older generations are not as um generous mm -hmm. in that way maybe now yeah how does your company does your company recruit recent grads and do things we like? Do. we do we just hired um uh, uh an intern kid here in sweden um and um yeah, we do. Um, I think we, I mean, we look for people that are a certain way, I guess, you know, we think that we'll yeah. fit the obviously talented and has potential. Um, and a lot of the people like at New College, they were those people, uh, not the ones that we would hire necessarily, but there were certainly lots of talented people that were at, at New College. I wonder, though, it's weird because when I think about it, what it was like then, I don't have a like a, a strong sense of any preparation for having a career that existed outside of academia. Mm. And I feel like that was maybe because of the, I don't know why that was. I actually, I have no idea why that was. But but it definitely seemed, in retrospect, like, well, that's weird. What did they think we were going to do exactly? Like, you're either going to be a writer, right? You're going to be an academic, or you're going to be, what? Well, those are the things. Those right. are the things you're going to be. Right. And I I don't really know how everybody at New College fared afterwards. I know lots of people wound up in, in tech, like Megan was saying. Um, yeah. Like I talked to Merle sometimes, or I did back when I was on Twitter. Right. Um, and there are other people. I guess Aaron, was... Aaron Hillegas. Yeah. Oh, Aaron. Oh, that's cool. But it did seem like if you were those things, then you were just shit out of luck. Yeah. And, and that's not a great way to prep humans. Yeah. It does. I mean, it does feel like some of this might be reflective of the times as well. I'm not sure be. how, how much that stuff was kind of formalized. And then at the same time, it was interesting talking to Steve Waldman, who kind of thinks about that more from the perspective of like 
the institutions of higher ed and kind of the institutionalization of like the therapeutic model of care and scaffolding yeah. that is now very much kind of it's true of new college it's true of most universities yeah. nowadays that they're very much focused on completion metrics and you know making sure students don't fail out where it did really feel like i hadn't really thought about it until you started talking about this dave but like it was very much if people weren't failing it wouldn't have been the same culture like no that's what i'm kind of what i'm saying is is like there was this element of there was like blood in the water yes is that horrible it's horrible well i mean and you know like your games are not they're not averse to a little bit of a little bit of blood never hurt right so uh i don't know um it definitely the stakes were higher like that's the let's say like it's very different from when i was at stony brook or, or buffalo it was uh, almost uh like existential <laughs> yeah know? like it almost felt like because it's a time where you're also forming your adult identity and that's yep. where like if you didn't have that metal in you to bounce back after being rejected by new college like it can really turn you down a negative path and then you mentioned it you know there was a lot of like baker acts while we were there yeah. you know like there were suicide attempts there were successful suicides at new college yeah. and in you know in some ways i think some of the more uh some of the safety measures are, were overdue but there is an element of like feeling like because also we're kind of the generation that tried not to sell out there's an element of like yeah we went to a tough place. There was no social promotion. And, you know, even if you failed, you had to learn from failure. Just recently, the person who was the registrar during our time, Nancy Ferraro, died. And there yeah. was this outpouring of people talking about how many times she participated. What was it on the SAC, which was the Student Academic Committee, I think, that decided whether you would stay in or SCA, you would go. Think, yeah. And there uh, were just like a hundred stories of people talking about their interactions with her and how intense they were and how she helped them and didn't help them and, you right. know, their remembrances of her. And I thought, this is bizarre. No other school has a registrar who it solicits yeah. this kind of <laughs> reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Nancy? I don't, I don't remember oh. ever interacting with her, but I remember she was spoken. She was always spoken of in these tones where, where it was very polarized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like some, people I, I, I knew some non Nancy fans. Yeah, there were, <laughs> um, I feel like Julie Hansen, who, by the way, was definitely one of the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, casualties. Yes. Yeah. New college, mm -hmm. uh, or she graduated as I recall. Mm -hmm. Is she? Uh, she was doing i remember she did art stuff right she did art stuff man she's a weird photography story. i think or something no 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 she she was a uh writing a, i thought right screenwriter yeah oh right right okay yeah and then somehow i don't know if i should even talk about this but let's just say she had a storied career in some kind of addiction cool mm. and then I found out about it kind of secondhand from other from other, from other people. Um, mm -hmm. But like she, she was just one of a lot of people that had, you know, that went in there and graduated and then she went sideways. Yeah, that's not fault of the school necessarily. It's mm -hmm. just the people that, that a lot of the people yeah. that went there, I think we all, or a lot of us seem to have some kind of self-destructive streak. I don't know if that's true anymore though. I don't know if they're, if they're still bringing in the same kind of, kind of population yeah it does also seem like admissions has changed and then now it's changed again but even more in this century it does seem like 
there's a lot more I will find the exact fit, like the idea yeah. of like the matching of lifestyle and sensibility to your college experience where like, yeah. I feel like back in the day, it was like, you just get some, you get some brochures, like even college mm -hmm. tours. I mean, you just went through this, like, yeah. man, like the level to which you got to get it right. And there's sort of, there's a whole industry around it. I'm convinced the school, when they matched us up as roommates, they went for maximum conflict. They looked at your preferences and then they just put you together with somebody oh, that I... thought you weren't Oh, that makes I sense. Actually... Well, they gave me Keith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Keith would have. Yeah, he would have been maximum conflict. Oh, <laughs> you know Keith? He liked right? to spar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keith was yeah, a, we all knew. He was a sweetheart, but yeah. they definitely, like, they knew, they must have said, we're going to put this kid from New York with this giant Sri Lankan. We're going to, we're going to do that. Maybe we're going to drive each other. I got to say your, your room was fun to stop by though. Cause like, I don't think either, oh. of you, either of you ever really slept or kicked people out of your room much. So it was no. very, it was a haven back in 88, 89. So thank you yeah. for your service. Yes. It was good. Uh, he got mad at me for a bunch of funny stuff, which I will not get into but but uh it was he was a good person uh, he will be missed. well when we do our roommates episode and our uh in memoriam episode because keith it's uh it is definitely gone too soon he was he was amazing and we'd love to talk more mm -hmm. about we all have a lot of keith forbes stories and i'm sure there's yeah. other people like that over the years who have passed who we want to uh do justice to you you mentioned also drew who i remember as like a real kind of bon vivant, was, kind of very like yeah. happy spirit, kind of always drunk or high, but also yeah. like kind of happy to be there in a him yeah. and Kevin Fisher, who was even more out there. Oh, right. you know, and uh, and then can you just describe what it was like, like a gaming session with yeah. people and like time of night and what storytelling was like? Because I think yeah, just painting. Painting that you would picture. see you guys kind of creep out into the into Palm Court in the middle of the night if you're coming back, you know, at three o'clock in the morning. You guys would be kind of like meandering around and go back in your hole. Yeah, that's accurate. The funny thing is that I don't remember actually ever meeting you uh, formally, Megan. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I, think I mean, we, I remember we talked like in passing, but yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing you. But I don't remember. It was always like we were kind of like walking <laughs> past each other. Yeah, I, had a, I think we're an introvert, you know, introversion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, so, I'm yeah. I actually want to know if your D&D group overlapped with mine at all. If you had it any of the may, same people on here or not. It may have. Okay, so uh, how it, you want to know like what a session was like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would happen is Dave Winters was the guy who was running the the campaign and david um maybe you can get him on here one day right um, it'd be fun to do like even like like a sample session would be pretty hilarious that's oh, that's that's, that's it'd be about two hours an aspiration maybe a taste of a session yeah mm -hmm. i tried to get him to do it like a while back and he's like oh i want to but i don't have time because he's like a lawyer now and he's very busy but uh, he, he but also anyway, put, he put some effort into running it too it seems yeah yeah it's a lot it is a lot of work so what usually would happen was first i would have to convince dave that was always how it began but yep. he was the great thing about him was um, if he knew that you loved it enough, he would it, like that was a that was fuel for him. And that was something that as a as a designer that ultimately I I began to see like the way that he ran his campaign, the way mm -hmm. that he felt about things. Um, a lot of his energy came from people wanting what he had to give, mm -hmm. uh, and and that's like a really significant 
um, insight as a creative yeah. to, to have that relationship with an audience, to have that relationship with, with your players. Mm. Um, and he was like also just an incredibly gifted storyteller. Yes. Uh, and, and even though uh, he would use a lot of the same kind of like description. So it wasn't that he was like, he was, he was uh, um, like a writer. But he was incredibly good at getting you into the framework, uh, into the into the mindset of, okay, I'm uh, I'm on an adventure now, I'm going with my friends, and you were completely invested in it. So he was very good. He was it was like stagecraft. Mm. Um, and again, these were things that I kind of like watched and went like, okay, that's the, he's doing something. I don't even think I knew that that's how I was internalizing it. But yeah, like, and it was like, in like, Dave, Dave's dorm room typically, or. And so yeah, we would go to Dave's table, table or yeah, there would be like a carton of cigarettes, which he would smoke half of. Almost it feel felt like, uh, and like some Mountain Dew. I don't remember how many cases or something of or Coke. And then, you know, we would have we'd sit around the table. It was like me and Christian and Drew, and um, usually it was just three of us when we were playing that that major campaign, like the one where we mm -hmm. went to because it seemed like. The three of you were the principals, and then occasionally there would be like supporting yeah. character for because I think I sat, I don't think I ever played, but I feel like I sat in maybe once or two. People would kind of like because y'all went for a long time, right? Like for a long time. Yeah. it depends which which of the campaigns you're we're talking about, because you might have come during like Fate of Istis, which was Dave uh was DMing that too, and that was like 15 people. Or, okay. Or something. That was probably like, that's what I remember. Yeah. That's probably what you saw. Um, and that was like, I think Gary German and me, Gary and was, Gary's in my group. Yeah. Gary was in your group. Uh, yeah. and, um, like Troy and Christian and uh, Troy, Steve, no. that was his friend and Steve Barbeau, my roommate. Oh yeah. Girlfriend. And like just a huge group. That was an insane, also an insane, um, like stop everything you're doing kind of scenario. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> to go back, like when we were doing, when we were playing it, I think it, I don't even know how to describe it, but it really was the closest thing before games to um, just ha like having a shared narrative experience. It yeah. was like, you know, you, you were writing your, your, um, your play yeah. with these people. Mm -hmm. And if you have an imagination and if your players are good, it's really like remarkable. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what was happening. And so we would, we would do that for like 12 sometimes 18 hours uh at a stretch and then like pass out and then get up and do it again and i, mm -hmm. I remember just there was a there was a stretch of like oh man it, like for a couple months we were just doing that not every day but a lot and yeah. i had a girlfriend at the time and she was like super mad because i kept ignoring her to go play i mean yeah. this makes sense yeah so Wait, that, were there were there any women who played with you guys? That's what I was wondering. Brooke played, um, but that was Dave's girlfriend. Um, at the time, I would say no, not in the first group because it was only three of us. In the second group, yes, there was one, but that was Dave's girlfriend. Right. Um, uh, Taylor was in that group too. So no, and the weird thing is that I'm sure there would have been plenty who would have. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's just at that time it just didn't feel I mean I I, I can see yeah. now that it's something I would have been interested in but at that exactly. time I didn't I didn't feel I don't know I didn't realize I was excluding myself from that but I mean now my son plays and we have all his friends over and it's it's very mixed between them and I realized oh you know I could have done that and I never yeah. even thought about it um yeah at the time. I think it was the time right yeah it's got to be wild though Dave going from where it was all in your mind you know all narrative just talking and you had to imagine it together versus now you're actually designing the visual landscape yeah. at the same time and that might be another one just sequencing wise it was probably interesting for you to kind of go from the more abstract role-playing dynamics to actually building out the the full visual experience yeah, I mean, but that that was a thing that happened pretty gradually. Also, because like my career is long, so it, it was it was pretty slow. Things right. used to be pretty ugly. Back, right back when I started making games, I mean, they didn't look bad, but they, they were fine. Um, but yeah, I guess most of the takeaways from the role playing days that are applicable now are still things that are I don't know. They they are things that are like. What is, what is the what is my investment in this thing? What is my relationship to, to the you know to the players? What is the players' relationship to uh, me as a designer mm -hmm. of this of this world of this game? Uh, do I want to give them what they want? Do I want to not give them what they want? And, and those those lessons are, um, I think, eternal kind of. Uh, yeah. It's also interesting how games have become more that shared experience too, where it used to be more individualistic, you know, while the role-playing would be a shared thing. And then the video games now are much more, depending on how you play, but like the fact that people can actually play with other people, that was the other element of y'all that I respected about. It seemed like for me, I was, I spent a lot of time in new college playing sports and deepening relationships that way, it, you know, friends I played basketball with it was a little right. deeper because we play ball but I felt like the way you all got deeper relationships through the shared gaming experience that's something that feels like video games have now caught up to where back then you mm. play the game kind of by yourself you you mean play a video game by yourself yeah 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 you mean single player versus multiplayer I guess um they're, yeah. they're still but yes they are much more now a social experience right um, or they, they are. I still like playing them by myself because I don't like people. Yeah, I've so, heard that's kind of generational too. Like because those of us who start, I still play yeah. that way. Like I, don't, I, I'm like I don't need other people getting in my way yeah. when I'm trying to mission complete a mission. But um, but Dave, we've gone long. You've been super generous in your time. I'd love to yeah, to do more like this with with you in the future. There's definitely a strand here that I think we tapped into. I think it also came out of some of the conversations with Troy, who's been name checked again here you know where like there were folks who i think were part of our culture back in the day who connected into this D, &D thing that um was real and i imagine there's stuff like that we could uncover what well, would be interesting because i don't know if there was much how far back does D, D go at new college and then how much did it continue from our day into now I can yeah. tell you that I am currently mentoring a student who is playing role-playing games. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So he's the second year. He's still like I mean, deeply it, I mean, into it. It probably didn't predate Gary Gygax, right? So there, there's yeah. some no. history of new college, but then even then, like to your point, it does seem like there was some 
creative folks who are out there bouncing off each other. Uh, concluding thoughts, stuff as we wrap up here. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to, how you want to do any summation. I realize we've been putting you on the spot, Dave, but uh, but it's been awesome having you here. And then also any concluding thoughts. You know, Megan's usually good at uh, encapsulating some reflective <laughs> stuff. Well, I was just going to ask if you've actually been back to the campus at any point, you know, in, since you left. I think the last time I was there, I feel like all my stories are either games or some girl that I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the title of the episode. Games or, games some, or some girl. That's good. Uh, that's not great. Um, <laughs> the last time I was there, I was, uh, I guess it was, when was that? 93, probably. Oh, wow. So, so no, not, not, yeah. not, not since that. Hmm. And I do look at it kind of like, I don't have any desire to go back either. It's hmm. just a yeah. chapter my life that i'm like i did it it's cool i have no no desire to to, to revisit yeah um the place even though it was, it's a perfectly nice place and you know it's florida i think i'm just done with florida i think i had enough yeah mm-hmm. understandable yeah yeah is there anything new college like in sweden that's an interesting question you mean educationally or yeah educationally or... is there any sort of alternative there is, education there is um, there are a couple of places, but I don't, they're different. Um, there's a place called KTH, which is like a really super intense, very difficult to get into really exclusive quote technical school, but it's like a lot of the game people do, do mm-hmm. free. Yeah. Um, I think that, that has a, a lot of new college, uh, in it, like the way that they approach their curriculum and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, but I'm not actually sure if it's if it's that way anymore. And in, in general, the schooling here, I mean, they have grades, but you also get like written evaluations for a lot of stuff. Oh, nice. So I think there is some stuff like that. The thing that is probably true, though, is from what I understand of Swedish education, and I'll find out, I guess, as my kids get older and go to university, it's like... It's very much focused on, not on the result, it, like there is, a, the result is important, but it is, there's a lot of emphasis on, okay, we'll do this other thing. You can do this other thing, or you can, you know, and there's a lot of different kinds of schools or specialized things that you can, you can do yeah. in order to kind of find your path. Yeah. Like off ramps mm-hmm. and on ramps. It's yeah. like that in Spain yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think that that's like, kind of like it. I mean, New, New College just had like an off ramp. Straight into the bay. Yeah, right into the bay, and uh, you know, if you if you don't drown, good on you. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any summary except um, I appreciate talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that was part of the idea. Was had the craziness not happened, I think we wanted to get something going like this. And uh, good on us too. We didn't really talk much about the the evil empire who has now laid siege to uh, oh, Judy College, no. which uh, oh. which is good on us. It's not about it's not about that. Not a bad know? thing. But I mean, uh, it'll either get sorted out or it won't. Yeah, uh, it, it's a, little, <laughs> a very new college thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's a shame, but on the other hand, we can only do what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's yeah. a lot of mess in the world at the moment. Right. It's just another another 
mess. Yeah. Well, to your point too, you know, learning from mm-hmm. if it ultimately is a failure, you know, it's still something that we can learn from. I think people, yeah. you know, and and the problem is more you feeling like it failed not of its own, but because someone forced yeah. their hand. That's really because if you start, you know, analogizing to some of the geopolitics in the world, it does feel like yeah. New College has been attacked, you know, and is being. Mm-hmm. Like, they know. called it a hostile takeover. That's yeah. what they, they want. That's their words. So, you know, yeah. not <laughs> exactly. Anyhow. Yeah, that them. sucks. But I, I guess uh, maybe Stanley Fish will be the savior of uh, of New College somehow in some ironic. He's... Uh... Yeah. He's and... a, it's the savior of his bank account because I think he's making about yeah. triple what any other professor is doing. In, well, in... maybe. I mean, is this like a <laughs> are we extending uh, an olive branch here to the new administration where if Stanley Fish <laughs> will agree to appear with Dave Goldfarb, we would host it, that? I, th- here? I think no, we need Stanley Fish to teach David Goldfarb's poems. Ah, oh, that's, wow. that's that's what we need. That's we need like to a insert that balance. Yes. I'm surprised he's still alive. Actually, he's got to be old. He's eighty. He is very old. Five eighty-seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not gonna be in the. All right, I'm going to hell. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> Rhythmically, gonna, come on, do it in rhythm. No, it's not. It's not gonna last long. Uh, yeah. uh Good for him. That's pretty wild, yeah. though. That. It's just in terms of like the zeitgeist, like the fact that yeah, you right. brought up this Stanley yeah. Fish of all the things coming to New College. It's like of all the things. I wish I could remember yeah. what it was specifically, um, yeah. but I that has escaped me. Yeah, but yeah, it's funny, amazing stuff. I'm gonna stop recording. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again, Dave, for showing up. It's the Popcorn Podcast. We'll keep doing it. Thanks for listening.